Hello and welcome to the I Can Learn SEN podcast. My name is Matthew and I'm the creator of I Can Learn. And in these podcasts, I'm going to be introducing you to a range of topics aimed at young people with learning difficulties, support for parents and carers, and further guidance for professionals looking for new strategies and hints and tips. In this first introduction episode, I'm going to tell you more about I Can Learn and introduce you to some of the regular slots that are going to happen on the podcast. And also just give you a bit of a starter as to what I'm going to be doing on the website and looking towards the future. I'm really excited to get this project off the ground. And if you're listening, you've obviously found out a little bit about I Can Learn already. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Keep listening and let's get started. Thoughts of the day. In special education, there's still too much emphasis placed on disability and difficulties and this creates barriers. We need to start focusing on the strengths of the individual. What are they good at? And how can we achieve? The podcast is going to feature some regular slots um, around things like communication. So I'm going to have my own communication corner where I'm going to talk about, you know, something you can do in the home or in a school um, or for yourself, you know, ways that you can communicate better using different methods that could be suitable for lots of people or maybe just a few. But that's one of the areas I'm going to be looking at um, throughout each episode. I'm also going to give you some tips on embedded skills. Now, you might not have heard the word embedded skills before, but I get lots of people um, in my job saying to me, why is my young person not doing maths and English? Why are they not doing these, you know, lessons that they've been doing for the last 13 years in school? And embedded skills is how we put English and maths into everyday life. Cooking, gardening, cleaning, you know, can we count? Can we be aware of the time? Can we do writing, reading instructions? And I think what's really great about embedded skills is that they are very, very relevant to real life. I don't know about anyone listening. I hated reading endless streams of printed worksheets and paper. It's not how I learn. I've always learned through practical and examples. And I, I love being able to copy things that I've seen. So embedded skills are a great, great way to learn very important things for life through the things that we enjoy doing. Now, I say enjoy doing, you know, cleaning might not be for everyone, you know, and full on cooking may not be for everyone either. You know, you might want to make a quick sandwich or a snack, but following in ingredients and recipes and weighing and measuring you know, these are all maths and English skills. And don't forget ICT as well, computer skills. They're so important. Just logging in and using social media or using a word processor. Hey, you've got your embedded skills going on there. 
So that's something else I'm going to be focusing on over some of the episodes, you know, embedded skills. And I'm going to come up with a more fancy name for that at some point. So we might call it something a bit more fun. I'm also going to have a strategy section um, where each week I will give you maybe the strategy of the day. Is there something you could change in the home to make life better for your young person? Or is there something maybe that school could do or in a care home? So I'm going to be doing some top top tip strategies, shall we, shall we call it, <laughs> um, that you can find out and just see um, how to maybe change the way you do things. And, you know, even as a teacher, things will not always go right. I can I can tell you that with a lot of honesty, things do not always go right. But there's nothing wrong with admitting it and reflecting and moving on. Changing the way we do things is the only way that we can make things better. Don't be the same old broken record. We're working and supporting young people here, not robots, you know, and not a computer system. These are people that have got constantly changing needs. When I was in my teens, I know for a fact, you know, everything was changing daily, whether it was like puberty and body or mind chasing after, you know, people that I fancied, you know, there's, there's all those different things, but we change on a daily basis. And young people with learning difficulties are no exception. We're all individual people and we deserve to be treated as such. And we don't always want the same things every single day. So those are my core areas for the podcast, communication, embedded skills and strategies. And I'd also like to do some interviews. So it might be people I know in the industry um, who might come on and have a little chat with you and answer some questions. If you're a young person listening and you want to talk about your own experiences, please do, you know, get in contact. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you've got any questions, but you don't want to come on because I know playing my own voice back, it's it's not always going to be the most exciting thing. So if you wanted to ask a question without having to speak, you know, send me send me a question on the form on the website and I'll answer any questions you've got as well. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we're going to be looking at over weeks. So I'm going to start off with a bit of communication um, corner. Um, which is coming up next. So stay on the podcast and let's find out a bit more about um, what I call communication passports. So to get us started, I wanted to talk about communication passports today. Uh, it's something that I've put on the website and it's something that I've been looking at a lot quite recently. So I thought it was quite a nice subject to start us off in episode one. And it's hopefully something that you can listen to, take away some thoughts and some ideas um, on how to create your own communication passport. Or maybe if you're supporting someone who struggles with communication, it's something that you can take back and maybe create with them as well. So what is a communication passport? It's a tool or a resource that young people or children 
or anyone for that matter, who has additional learning needs, um, learning difficulties, who struggles to communicate with others, it's something that they can take with them to help others understand their communication. So for instance, if I couldn't verbally speak, but I used Makaton signs to express my views and wishes, you know, not everyone is going to understand Makaton and not everyone is going to fully understand to begin with how I do communicate. So a communication passport is a way that I could tell others how I speak and how I listen and how I respond to things and what happens if maybe I'm not very happy or what happens if you try to make me do things I don't like. Because let's be honest, as people, we don't want to be made to always do things that we don't want to do. Sometimes we have to because that's part of life. Um, but it would be, for example, like someone saying to me, Matthew, I'm going to take you to listen to a heavy metal rock concert. And I'm thinking, I don't like heavy metal. I absolutely hate it. I mean, how do you think I'm going to feel if I'm being dragged off to something that I don't enjoy? I'm not going to be very happy, am I? So the idea behind a communication passport, it's not just about the things that I do to communicate. It's also giving people a bit of a heads up about maybe the things I don't want to do. It can also be used for health. So if I take certain medication or in my case, I'm a vegetarian, you know, well, that's not a health issue. Well, it is, but it's something that obviously if someone didn't know that, a carer, for instance, and then they slap a big piece of beef in front of me. Well, let's just say that is not going to go down very well. So the idea, again, is that we're expressing things through the passport. And this is not just something that the young person can do. You know, give yourself, give it, give it, give it a go yourself um, as a family member or a teacher. Create your own passport and see how it feels, because then that helps you to then pass that on to the young person or child to help them create theirs. Now, before I get started on the sort of guide, um, just to be aware that on the I Can Learn website, um, I've put an example of a communication passport that you can download as a PDF and look at in your own time. It's completely free of charge. So it's something that you can utilize in any setting. And I would say as well, it's got to be individual. Don't go with any kind of template. The only time I'd say use templates or something that's sort of slightly pre-prepared is if, if that learner or that young person struggles um, maybe to create layouts or to put things in an order that they like. But even then, I think it doesn't matter where things go on the page, as you'll see in my example from the website. There are sections that I just haven't put any order at all. I've just plonked pictures and symbols and words on a page because actually we don't all have to make everything perfect. And actually, the best things in life tend to be those that aren't perfect, that are for the young person or the child. It's their document. And it's there for them to 
add their own pictures, add their own graphics, their words, whatever they want. You know, that's what needs to be on the page. So keep listening, because now I'm going to give you a bit of a go through guide on how to create one of these guides. Right. So the first thing you'll probably need for communication passport is to think about how it's going to be made. What are the strengths of the person making it? Do they prefer paper and pens? Craft? Are they a whiz on the computer? Do they use speech and text recognition programs? Think about their communication already. If they use Makaton, it might be that they want to take pictures of themselves doing some of the signs. So we need to plan this document to make sure that it plays to the strength of the person. So if you're listening and you're a parent or a carer, think about how you would like to make your passport. And, and let's let's have a go at it now or once this recording has finished. So, for instance, my communication passport was made on Google Docs because I'm good at computers. I like being able to take pictures and upload them. I like being able to highlight text and maybe even put some links into websites. So for me, Google Docs was a really good way to move forward. So my first page is like the is like a hello page. You know, there's a picture of myself on there, my name, um, and just a couple of pictures of me, you know, doing activities that I enjoy. So, you know, there's one of me going cycling and one of me having a walk. So it's just showing a very, very quick glimpse of me and my name. As we go into pages two and three, we really need to bring the introduction into more depth. So maybe it's saying how old I am, um, a quick glimpse of how I communicate. So it might say, I like to communicate with my voice, but people who talk to me need to speak slowly and they need to give me a bit of time to process that information. Now, a young person with additional needs, obviously, they might not be able to write in, an, in a way that's expressive, but that's OK. One word answers are enough for this. If it just says, I communicate with Macton, that's great. That is telling other people exactly how they want to be spoken to. So that can be the next page. It's just about the communication. And it's important we get that identified very quickly because ultimately someone that doesn't know that young person is going to need to know that information. Otherwise, they can't actually interact with them fully. We might then move on to interests. So we don't want people to judge us by our learning difficulty. We don't need to be full on with with any specific special needs. We need to let people know who we are. And that can be through our hobbies, through our interests, things we want to do in life, because any one of us, I think, if we went to a dinner party or we were talking to friends, I don't think we're going to sit there and start with our difficulties and create barriers. 
we want to tell people who we are as an individual. We like to eat out. We like to go on holiday. What are the things we do as an individual that we really enjoy? So the next step after this could be the opposite, things we don't like, especially a new carer or someone outside the family. There's nothing worse than being dragged off to that concert that you really didn't want to go to. So you could just give a small list of the things that you don't like. You know, you might put, I don't like broccoli. That's fine, but you need to be honest and open about it. And I think that the the key here is not letting children and young people be fed the information they're going to put on, because otherwise there's no point in this exercise. So it might be if they're quite low level with communication, you might want to use photos or symbols. Obviously, there's Macton. And if they can vocalise, then it's giving open questions. You know, what do you like to do in your free time? Where do you like to go on holiday? So it's, you know, being really specific and, and especially and also with the things you don't like, you know, what kind of foods don't you like? It's, it's just keeping that openness to the answers. So it doesn't appear as though us as professionals and us as supporters are making those decisions. The next step, once we've had some interests and things we don't like, you know, it, it the, the communication passport can expand if there's any health issues. So if there's anything you want to let people know about your health, you know, do you suffer from a seizure? Um, do you have an allergy? Because actually, these are things that a young person might not be able to communicate themselves. And actually, they're pretty essential because if you're allergic to peanuts, then it's important that that is, is relayed to other people. So once you've done that, it might be having a support page as well. What are the best ways to support you if something goes wrong? So if you suffer from anxiety and you don't like crowds, you know, it could be saying, I don't like crowds. And if I am in a crowd and I look worried, take me off to a quiet place, let me breathe and I'll be OK. So it's letting people also know how best to support you in difficult situations. You could even add a, pa a page with some pictures on, some nice pictures of you doing things that you enjoy. In a nutshell, those are the main things you want to be looking at in your passport. So it's your name, your needs, your communication methods, any health issues, if there are any, likes, dislikes, how to support you. And that's something that can be printed off. You could save it as a PDF and send it to someone in an email. You know, you keep it in a folder at home. So if, if a young person lives on their own, they could hand it to professionals who come and visit them in the home environment. So it creates an empowerment that maybe people didn't have without it. The communication passport could even have some of the young person's most require their, their um, biggest needs you know in symbol form or pictures at the back 
So if there's specific things they need, but they can't communicate them, then put them in the book, allow them to flip to that page and point at them. It's a lovely, easy document then to keep wherever they are. And it means that they don't have to be carrying around hundreds of resources. They don't have to be carrying around lots and lots of balls in their pockets and in their bags. You know, it's just this nice little document that they can show to people and to empower themselves to communicate better. So my tip for today is consider a communication passport for a young person that you're working with. Or if you're listening to this and you are a young person, have a go at creating one by yourself or get someone involved. I've seen lots of young people who work for organisations who actually carry around these documents. And they don't have to be childish. They don't have to look like, you know, that you're you're being treated like a five-year-old. They can be mature. They can be grown up. And make them fun and about you. If you like football, design the whole thing with a football template. Just make it individual to you. So have fun with the communication passport. And as always, with I Can Learn, you know, get in contact if there's anything you want to ask about them. But look out because I'll put more examples on the website over time. I hope you found um, that bit about the communication passports useful. Uh, They're an incredibly powerful tool to use. And the great thing is that they can be used by anyone for any reason. You know, they're just a way of giving a bit of empowerment a bit of independence um, and, and just making sure that each, every individual young person has a voice and can say what they want to say. So look out on future episodes for more how-to communication um, tools. So, you know, as we move forward, I'd like to um talk more about you know my own teaching role and the experiences I've had so in each episode as well I'm going to give you little segments of my own experiences because I think that's that's so important um for learning purposes you know it's not all static reading books and thinking how we're going to learn it's also about reflecting on our own experiences and whether you're a child a young person uh, with additional needs or you know, if you're myself as a teacher, we've we've all got the ability to look back, think what we've done, and learn from it. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, it, I think it makes us, you know, better people moving forward if we're able to make those changes and understand more about who we are. So. That's all for this first episode. I must admit, it's quite a nerve-wracking thing doing um, a podcast for the first time. I mean, it's it's worse when you've got a video on. Um, or maybe it isn't, actually. Doing audio can be hard because you can't see my facial expressions. Um, you can't see my hands, which are shaking. <laughs> but... You know, it's it's um it's quite a it's quite an, an interesting um thing to do, and as I was creating the website, I realised that a lot of it's quite static, that it's very much about PDFs and reading and looking, 
but learning isn't just about using our eyes you know it can be about using our ears to listen um it can be about tactile kinesthetic which is touching things and um, like surfaces and um, unfortunately that's harder to do over the internet um, and things like smells as well It'd be great if you could send um some nice relaxing smells down podcast but maybe in the future we'll be able to and overall you know i started i can learn the organization the website because i feel very passionately that you know there's a lot of support out there and it's increasing and we live in a world now and in a country where there's laws about disabilities and there's laws about protecting people with additional needs but i still think that there's a, a lot of work to do and there's a lot of empowerment still to give to individuals the problem i think is that we we could re end up resting on the thought that we have like the children and families act and you know send code of practice and think job done you know that's all okay we're done now there's no more to do but in fact, there's still loads to do. And the problem with it when you get equality is you risk going backwards because you don't keep fighting and you don't keep challenging. And I can learn came from my vision to support young people leaving education, to support them with lifelong learning, whether they're in social care, whether they're with their parents, or whether they're volunteering or have a, have a job, you know, these are all important routes post-education, but it's a, you know, it's a big world out there and things constantly changing. And I want I Can Learn to become this really exciting place where young people and those around them can get support, can get empowerment, no matter what time of their life they're at. If you need to, you know, increase your skills in, in banking and money, or if you want to improve your English, or if you want to play some games to learn more about maths, you know, it's not just, you don't have to be at school or college to do those things. You know, the internet is a great way to access lifelong learning. And I'm still learning. I, I reg, you know, on, on a regular basis, I, I access uh, university websites and, you know, places where I can gain additional knowledge. So it's, it's not just about, you know, someone who has SEN or learning difficulties. We're all doing the same things. And I think that's a really important thing that this is all about making us more equal and making you more independent and making you feel more empowered with your life as you move forward that's enough from me for today i hope you've enjoyed the podcast and as i said if you want if you want any questions answering on the next episode please get them sent to me keep looking at the website for more updates i've just recently put a new banking section on which has some free tools um you know, based around kind of what is banking and there's a quiz, but there'll also be some additional resources on there. Um, some will be premium. So there'll be some full lessons on there um, if you want to take advantage of those. And there'll be lots more coming on as well. 
But things like banking and things like cooking, you know, these are the skills that are going to help you as you move forward in life. They're essential for living. So thank you so much for listening. And I wish you all, you know, say a healthy and independent um, week and future. And I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Thank you very much for listening and please do give me any feedback that you have. Bye for now. And this is I Can Learn SEN. This podcast was created by I Can Learn to find more resources and to get hold of guides and anything else that I've mentioned within the podcasts and to find out more or just to get in contact with me, go to sites.google.com forward slash view forward slash I dash can dash learn. This will take you to the I can learn website. If you have difficulties accessing this, you can also send me a quick email at mjlmason at t-u-t-a-n-o-t-a dot com. Thank you.